It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Tasty Cake Studios, this is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Oh, what's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? It's another Saturday afternoon, and it is 1 o'clock. And it is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. John Barcher, James Seltzer, Brandon Lee, Gowden, the Hefe in charge of Bleeding Green Nation.com. All here with you till 3 o'clock. And of course, the beautiful, the wonderful, and the bearded Vince Quinn behind the booth. Sue Schilling with the updates. And uh, let's just dive into it right away, gentlemen. Jeremy Macklin, cut from the Kansas City Chiefs. Redemption for Chip Kelly. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not really. But, uh... Would you? Uh, first of all, I'd like to to tell the audience I'm not dead, as they might have heard last week. To quote, yes, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I'm not dead yet. I'm feeling happy. <laughs> um, so back from the dead. Uh, yeah, I would, John. I, and look, because I look, he's not going to cost nine million dollars a year. There's a reason he got cut. Way too overpaid. Obviously, it's going to come down to what it costs, but. Is Jeremy Macklin an upgrade over certain receivers who are already on this roster? Maybe the guy who was supposed to be the next Jeremy Macklin? Absolutely <laughs> Literally is. Jeremy Macklin. You know, yeah. Or better. So who knows? I think it depends on if Macklin is, is looking to kind of reinvigorate his value, a one-year deal, very, uh, you know, Howie type of thing potentially. So I, I certainly would. It's just, I, Brandon, you would know better. Cap wise, what maneuvering they would have to do to make it happen. But personally, I think it's worth a shot if, if they can make it work. Yeah, according to the NFLPA, which releases daily salary cap uh, figures around the NFL, they have about like just over $5 million right now. I think they could get it done. And then you release Ryan Matthews and you have like $4 million more, so they would have $9 million. I'm pretty sure you could fit uh, Jeremy Macklin in at that point. If they really wanted to, they could do it. I just don't think it's realistic. I think there's teams out there. You look at the Ravens. I think the Lions could use another receiver. There's a lot of teams out there who, which is kind of crazy to say at this point, 
given how bad the Eagles receivers were last season, that like they're not the most desperate team anymore for wide receiver help. But I think, you know, there's other teams that are going to be more desperate for him. I think he's going to have like a decent market, not a crazy market. Obviously, it's late in the offseason. Teams have drafted players. They've signed guys. They have their own, you know, idea of what they want to do for themselves for this year. But still, I think, you know, he makes a lot of sense for some teams out there, especially because, and this is big for some teams, of the whole compensatory pick thing. Like, if you sign him now, he doesn't count against that. So that's another reason why signing him could be a bonus. The Ravens are always a team that factors something like that in, so that makes it more likely to me that he could end up there. So while I would like to have him back, I'm not really expecting it to happen. Uh, would you want him back? 888-729-9494. Do you want to take, I guess you would say, a flyer at this point in Jerry Mecklin's career? No. 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 How's that? <laughs> wow. I, 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 I'm, I'm so... No. Why do we keep doing this to ourselves? You know, it's just, will he be better than Torrey Smith? Would he? Woody, for the for that amount of money, when you're when you're bringing in and saying, well, if he were to take a five million dollar deal, sure, but you're honestly on paper, you're only getting Tory Smith for five hundred k a year, and, and with a lot more control and a lot, you can do anything you want with him. You're holding back two guys in Hollins and maybe in Gibson for a year, which may which they might need. I don't know. I would rather have them get the reps. I don't see any kind of value moving there, and you're going to have to lose three million dollars in Aguilar, which. Is is pretty easy to do anyway. I'm sure that's that's you know not uh, you don't have to convince too many people of doing that. I understand it, but where does Macklin then fit if you bring him in here? He's going to have to be on the outside. So okay, that eliminates Jeffrey, or that would elim- eliminate uh, Tory snaps, which I'm sure I guess that's the argument where you would stick Macklin and Tory, and who do you want out there on certain plays? I don't know. I just feel like Jeremy Macklin at this point in in, in his career, at one point, I thought he was still a pretty good hybrid deep threat possession guy and we've seen those things i mean even in the uh, the dark days of chip kelly and i still have that san francisco game in my head where he's making amazing sideline catches to keep them in the game he, he's his hands have always been great and that's something that we've been missing here why do we keep going to the well for all those guys that we want back to like fold back into the core here I, i'm i I never want to go, well, this worked three years ago, so we might as well bring them back. It's the same reason why I didn't want Deshaun Jackson for $11 million or whatever it ended up being for him to go down into Tampa. It's... It doesn't. It doesn't make sense for the future of this football team to have Jeremy Macklin here. Well, it, it it all comes down to money, right? Like you're not like, is Jeremy Macklin better than wide receivers on this roster? Yes. Yeah. Yes, he is. So, and I get the developmental part, but I mean, Hollins and Gibson, fourth and fifth round picks. Let's not get carried away with what they're going to contribute Correct. this season and how many even in game reps they really are going to get or deserve for that matter, like you alluded to potentially. So, I think. Look, I'm not saying go out and give him $8 million to play one year or whatever. And even then, I think if you can find him for a one-year deal, that's what they've been doing all offseason with every signing they've made. I just think it, again, I'm I'm with Brandon in the sense that I think there are other teams who are going to be willing to pay him more because they just need him more. But if the if the money's right, if he wants to come back here, we know he's a great teammate, a great guy, not going to cause any ruffles in the locker room. You think the Eagles would likely want to run some four wide receiver sets this year? I think it helps sure. there. So I don't know, Brandon. I mean, for me at least, like, again, the money is the thing. But if the money's right, I don't see any reason not to do it. And, John, when you talked about going back to that well of the former players, I get, you know, the frustration there. At the same time, like, I can't, you know, obviously, and we all feel the same way about this, I'm pretty sure. Like, Jeremy Macklin is so different 
than Deshaun and Shady when it comes to off the field. Like, Jerry Macklin's a oh, great absolutely. guy. Yeah, so that's yeah. part of it. You know, like, people want to see, like, a, a guy who was a good guy and a good player come back, you know, because he was a, that was something fun to have here. And uh, the other part of it, to me, when I think about it more, how confident do you feel about Alshon staying healthy or and staying out of trouble in terms of suspension? Because if he goes down, and I, I don't, I'm not counting on it, I'm not saying, I don't think he will, I think he'll... He'll be good, but it, there is a, a valid concern there. And if he goes down at that point, what do you really have left? Well, that was actually a good uh, point. That was a question that was asked to us by our good friend Johnny Page, who writes for the site. And also, uh, we talked about it on the podcast at PG on underscore radio. If Alshon Jeffrey goes down, how bad is this wide receiving core again? You know, that's that's one thing that's kind of in the back of your head. It's like, well, man, that's actually a, that's a pretty good point. It could be just as bad as last year in the sense that we don't know what we're going to get out of Torrey Smith. We hope that he's the guy he was two years or three years ago, whatever. But if he's anything close to what he was in San Francisco, then it's exactly as bad as it was last year. You have, you know, and I even clamored for it. So I'm, I, was, I was so willing to be like, yeah, take that $8 million contract and give up a fourth, give up a fifth. I don't, you know, just we need something different. The only real difference in there would be him, who yep. again was one spot below or above Nelson below. Aguilar right. in, in the below. rankings. Worse. Yeah, yeah, worse was below. So then you you have that, and the only other difference in your wide receiving core is, is again the two rookies. So you're putting a lot of weight on Hollins and Gibson. Gibson's nowhere close. We'll get into some OTA talkers from this past week, and we'll be down there uh, rolling into next week as well. But yeah, I mean, I think it is something we don't think about. That often because we are excited. Listen, Alshon Jeffrey is a real deal. Now that we've all oh, seen yeah. him up close, he has absolutely murdered Russell Douglas in practice twice, and it's it's mind blowing how how much of an upgrade that guy is. But that's that's the only I, I guess other factor would be like okay, if you're saying that Jeremy Macklin wants to come in here for seven six million, I, I have no yeah, idea what his market is. I feel like it's got to look. He just he was at nine and got cut. He's got to be nowhere near that, right? I would think like five six I is think a six. Realistic number. So now you're talking. Well, okay, maybe maybe you sign him in there for one year, and you just kind of see what happens. But then it's just, I don't know. I, I just I never want a. It just seems like we need this now. It's a win now signing. It's like yeah, sure. we just need this extra That's piece to kind of compete and and do the stuff. And I, I don't. I think that would be a. I don't know what it. Maybe it's maybe if if Jeffrey Laurie has some say in this. Maybe like yes, let's. Let's show Jeremy that we truly did love him and try and rekindle all this emotional intelligence and Open bring it around heart, full circle. Open, Open your heart. Your heart. Uh, and, and do a lot of those different things. But that's the only reason why I really see him coming through here. I think it sets a different tone if you sign Jeremy Macklin here, Brandon. That's all I'm saying. I think it's I think it the philosophy on preaching and being patient to go, oh, except for maybe Jeremy Macklin for a year. Well, that's how I look at it. Two things. So the first thing is that with Macklin potentially coming back, it's I don't know if it's about win now as much as it is, at least it could be pitched in theory, that's still helping Carson. Like, there's no way the Eagles can get, like, too many weapons for Carson Wentz. Like, that will literally, like, ne that'll never be a problem. And if it is, it'll be a very, very good problem to have. So the more guys you can get, as we just talked about with, with Alshon potentially going down, you know, if that happens, then Wentz has no one. Are we going to be going into year three being like, well, you know, Wentz didn't have anyone to throw to, so, like, how much can we evaluate him? I don't want to see that again. Um, so that, that's something to consider. The other thing, going back to my favorite comp pick theory, is that it's another <laughs> one-year deal, potentially, and if you have him here for just the one year, but he does decent, and then maybe he gets a big deal next year, that helps you out in the long run. Yeah, uh, well, Vince, here's what I wanted to ask you and get you involved in this real quick, buddy. 
Uh, do we not remember? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I look at his first year after he left the Eagles. He had a pretty good year. And Kansas City was absolutely desperate for a wide receiver. Now that they've hit on, you know, Tyree Kill and, uh, and Kelsey's really emerging and they're doing all that different stuff there. There's injuries involved there, but I mean, he... He declined a little bit, right? I mean, it's not just it's not just the injuries. It's not just everything else. Would you want him back here? No, I wouldn't want him back. It's greedy. It's it's almost a cookie monster mentality of like we we added all these wide receivers and it's like oh there's another wide receiver oh nom, 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 nom. <laughs> like I, the, the problem with all of this is that this team is building for this is a transition year so you can't get so locked into the idea of we need more talent because injuries and Alshon with PEDs or whatever like deal with the cores you have it's a pretty respectable group it's a huge upgrade from what you had last year and you got to figure out next year's money too like that cap hit that money that would go into signing Macklin this year takes away from money you would have next year so don't do it Go for next year. That's It's more about next year, the year after that. I agree that it's more about next year than the year after that, but I don't think that, again, if the contract is reasonable, it's not that big a hit to next year's cap. And it, more importantly, like Brandon said, the most important thing right now, number one, everything else pales in comparison, is to developing Carson Wentz, getting him to the place where he could be the guy who can lead this team into the future. And we need to see that. This is a big developmental year. How many times have we talked about year one to year two? I don't see any downside whatsoever if the money is right. And again, we have a wizard running our salary cap. Let's not forget that. <laughs> So if the money's right, I see zero downside to just making it that much more easy and that much more, you know, able to facilitate development for Wentz this season. I see zero downside. To it. Yeah, in, in that regard, I guess I can. I, that's where I can kind of see all that coming in. But I think we have I, I think for most of the people that look at this thing and go, oh, please. Oh, please, I would love Jeremy Macklin here. One, he puts a jersey back in the rotation, right? Yes. I, I think somebody commented on that. It's like, a real oh, issue for a still, while. Still hasn't given away your, your black number 18 Jeremy Macklin jersey because, one, you bought it uh, way before, like in the middle of the who's better is a Deshaun or Macklin fight. We always remember that. All, like through three off seasons, it's, and, and even when Deshaun left, there was a ton of arguments about, well, Macklin's a better wide receiver anyway. And, you know, and so I, I get that part of it. The other part of it, too, is just, I, I think people have the old Macklin in their brains. That's true. He's not the same player. Where we do that. And did we forget that like nearly 70% of the fan base called him Mr. Softy his entire career here? Yeah, I think that was slightly overrated. He's no Zach Ertz. <laughs> Shout out to Brandon X from there. Uh, but but uh, we saw Macklin make some tough plays, some tough catches. I know there were a couple alligator arm incidents early on, but I, I feel good about his toughness. But the one thing that we keep kind of just mentioning in passing, like, I don't want Alshon Jeffrey to get hurt. I'm expecting a healthy season. But soft tissue injuries are are no joke. And they're the most mm -hmm. recurring thing that you see in the NFL, and he has had multiple occurrences of it. So I think in terms of safety, you do have to take that into account when weighing what could play out this season. There is a, and, and those linger too. So I, I don't think there's any downside to having a, a backup plan there. 888-729-9494. Let's head to Todd in South Philly. Todd, what's going on this afternoon, bud? How are you? Hey, how you guys doing? Good, man. Todd. Yeah, what's up, Jimmy? How you been? Good, man. How you doing? <laughs> Pretty well. Alright, so I just want to talk about Macklin for a minute. So, I think the only viable reason we should pick him up is if we find a trading partner for Jordan Matthews. And Interesting. for that is, 
I don't think Matthews is going to stay with us after this year because I don't think we want to pay him what he's going to want because he's part of that big 2014 draft class and this is his final year on this contract anyway. So if we trade him away to a better situation for both him and we get something in return, like a draft pick, maybe trade him to Cleveland or something, who I'm sure would be still looking for wide receivers, uh, he, they're going to they're gonna be able to pay him if they want to retain him in the following year. We'll have a draft pick and we'll be able to sign Macklin, who I think if he only signed for one year, prove it deal again this year, if we signed him for a longer contract, if he proved it this year, could help us for the next two or three years as well. Todd, I think that's a really fascinating idea. I think the three of us would all agree that more likely than not, Jordan Matthews is not a part of this team after next season. So, And I also really like the concept of targeting the Browns there in the sense that there is no team that has more draft picks over the next couple of drafts. And we just saw, like, they're not going to be able to use all those picks and really put all those people on their team. Like, I think there's an inefficiency there in the sense where if you go after the Browns, you might be able to get a pick a little bit more easily than you might from another team. I think it's a really fascinating idea. Exactly. That was my thought process entirely. And I think that Macklin isn't washed up. Like, yeah, maybe he's declined a little bit. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, also, he's not going to be relied upon to be the number one receiver here. Like, if we do if we do trade away uh, Matthews and we bring him in, we still have Alshon, Torrey Smith, and please don't stone me, but I think Nelson Aguilar is going to actually no. be decent. Listen, listen Todd, Todd, listen, you are, you're a part of uh, one of three of the Nelson Aguilar fan club still. Out of, uh, but his mom, you. <laughs> you know, my mom, me, and him <laughs> is, is what we're going to roll with there. John Latimer, actually, uh, chime in on the Twitter.com. You can follow us there at BGN underscore radio. Kind of saying along the same lines, get Macklin for two years so you can let Matthews walk, but he only used one T in Matthews, so I don't know if he went Ooh. Ryan or Jordan. And, you know, I know I know he's talking about Jordan. And uh, let him walk at the, uh, you know, the end of the year, let the young guys mature. I would just almost want to, there's a part of me that goes, okay, well, you already told us it's not going to be a Super Bowl team. So if, if Jeffrey goes down, then it's really not going to be a, a Super Bowl contender. And it, we're still debating this entire offseason whether or not they're going to be a playoff contending team anyway. Uh, I would rather put Joe Douglas's and Howie Roseman's feet to the fire here a little bit and be like, all right, you chose these guys as replacements, as starters, as whatever. Let's see if you were right. You know, in, in year one. I just want, <laughs> let's see it. I don't, I don't want you to delay Hollins. I don't want you to delay. Well, I want you to delay Gibson because damn. But uh, uh, Hollins, I, I want to, I want to see him out there. I mean, if, if, the the nice charming man goes along with his skill set with not wearing any gloves in practice and catching uh, Mark Grace style. I want I want to see Mark it on the field. Gray there you go. How about that? That's How about that? Uh, taking your phone calls, any questions? We'll get into a lot of it, including the NBA Finals, who are who seem to be dragging on forever. We want your starting five, your core members of this Eagles team. Now and maybe even moving forward. BGN Radio on Sports Radio, 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio, 94 WIP. So there's been tons of debate this week about the NBA and is it fair and the starting fives and all of that. So in honor of that, I'd like to know who your starting five is for the Eagles moving forward. Now and in the future, not two separate lists, but just, you know, who do you think is going to be here long term? And maybe there's some names that don't even show up. Maybe it's just a maybe it's just future wide receiver or future next Dawkins or whatever it is <laughs> <laughs> that happens in there. It's BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. John Barcher, James Seltzer and Brandon Lee Gouton. 
The Hefe in charge of BleedingGreenNation.com. You can find us on the interwebs at BGNRadio.com as well. So, with that being said, we want yours too. 888-729-9494. Who's your starting five, James? So this is not to play basketball, right? Uh, the- maybe. <laughs> maybe we could do a hybrid list of like who would also be good at basketball. Okay. Uh, honestly, I was surprised at how easy it was for me. Like, I was like, oh, it's going to be tough. And then it was like, nope, these are my five <laughs> names. Uh, I think uh, the one we can uh, all 1 million percent agree on, Carson Wentz, very top of the list yeah. there. Not me. Uh, I've got Nick Foles. Yeah, uh, well, that's true. You do you here. do love Nick Foles. Bing, bing. Uh, <laughs> Brandon, it might leave the studio. Mm. Uh, uh, Fletcher Cox, even despite his, uh, I know you guys were fine with the missing OTAs. I was less fine. But I'm so, that's, I'm so grumpy that this I, guy that's making millions of dollars. He's making hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, regardless. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jordan Hicks on my list for sure. The quiet. Yep. The quiet killer. We're three for three so far. Three three. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Make it four for four. And then this it, is where we're probably all going to disagree. Yeah, I think. I, well, my list uh, uh, again. I'm going to go back to back steroid guys. Lane Johnson. Oh, that's a good one. That's uh, my, yeah, my fifth. Do you have the same starting five there, BLG? I think it's pretty much the same. I have to put Jason Peters there. I know he's on the end of his career. Wow. Is that just a respect? He's like he's, he's a like the old veteran. You like, put out the yeah. you put out. He's past his prime. It's he's like, a Hall of Famer though. Like how can I not put a Hall of Famer on the list? See, I think he's more of a piece and not a core at this point. A very important piece, but he's not going to be here later in the future. Vince, do you have uh, anything different from those lists? Moving forward from those five five names there. All right. Well, I'm I'm taking a bit of a leap here. Uh oh. Oh God. Oh boy. All right, so Lane Johnson, uh, Malcolm Jenkins is on the list. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Jink. Yeah. Alshon Jeff. Jenk was my first misser. Like my my top. Yeah, yeah, I actually yeah. wrote down next Dawkins at first because I was like, I think they're going to replace <laughs> the safety That's at some point. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was a bubble team. Um. So the guy that I put on here is number five. Oh boy. Sydney Jones. Yes, that's yes. mine. Nice. That's mine too. I, he, I, for what it's worth, I wrote him down. I wrote him yeah. and Barnett down too. I thought about it. Yeah. I love that. You know, I'm all on the Sydney Jones bandwagon here. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. but that's a. I like the pick. I mean, it's risky though. I almost over thought, lane. I almost thought about putting down Rasul Douglas. Over, almost over, did. over. Because I actually wanted to put them together as a combo. I I believe in them that much that they so, will okay, stay real here quick, and real be quick. Good. Okay, real quick. You don't think they're better than Lane Johnson, right? Is it more of the the worry about the two year suspension? Yeah, I don't moves? know if he's going to be here long. That's what, okay. I have Cause, no cause idea. Lane, Lane, I I feel like we don't talk enough about how good Lane Johnson is comparative to the rest of the league. Even you know he is like a he's on his way to being a top ten tackle in this league, in my opinion. Yeah, and and here's I think it was can't remember who put it up. Might have been Grantland. It might have been. Oh, Grantland doesn't exist anymore. The <laughs> Ringer <laughs> might have been the Ringer. A couple years ago, they might have put it up. <laughs> but it really is to a point now where right tackle, left tackle, there is no difference. Mm-hmm. It was people the need to stop. It was the Ringer putting that. And I, you know, we've been saying that for uh, for a while now. Mm-hmm. And it's not that you're giving Lane Johnson left tackle money. You're giving him money to play right tackle. That's why I was, and still am a proponent of replace Jason Peters, not with Lane Johnson. He's one of the best at doing that. I would say. That there's top four in the league, top three right tackles. Yeah, he maybe top two. Might I mean, he's one, one of the best. I don't know. Yeah, he might be Who's one. Better? Who's Rick, clearly Ricky better? Ricky Wagner would be in the discussion. Yeah, Lyle Collins, obviously. Oh, now that they're boy. shoving him out there. Nice little tease there. <laughs> yeah, there. yeah. In the show. Um, That's right. I, I think I can't think of someone who is definitely better. I, I have to think about it a little bit. But here's the thing with Lane: Could you make the case? And I feel like you can. So you know my opinion on it now. That he's one of the best players on the 
on the offense, and if not the offense, the whole team. Yeah. Like, is he? Could he be actually the best player on offense on the Eagles' offense? Well, let me ask you this, Beals. Yes. Does he score touchdowns? He does <laughs> not. So, therefore, he not sucks. that important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I really I think yes. I think he's one of the besides Carson. Well, right now, I mean, and that's a, that's an yeah, automatic duh. Yeah. But, right yeah. now, he might. He's probably the best, at least in terms of of. Tape. If you go look at tape and compare it to you know that oh, position, just on. Sorry, I missed yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. He's probably is. the best player on the offense. Yes, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, not saying. I yeah, Carson Wentz is not better than Lane. Not Johnson there yet. Yeah, exactly. In as terms and importance, I think yeah. he's number two on yeah. that offense oh, to yeah, make yeah. it go. Obviously, Wentz is one. In yeah, yeah. Forward. And and uh, there is and you saw again like we all saw that last year when he wasn't there, there was no running game as as good as Jason Peters was. You stuck a you know a, a fifth round rookie in there who got his head kicked in and then did, did and okay did after right, that. Yeah. And there's just and that's what was so I guess leading into the draft was bothered me the most. Was that it was like, oh, you can just move Lane Johnson to the left left tackle and you'll be fine. I have faith in Big V. What gave you <laughs> what gave you ultimate faith is like, oh yeah, he's going to be just as good as that guy. Because he was okay once he got his feet under him. And they gave him help. A ton they of gave help. him a lot and of they, help yeah. and schemed around Tight ends and, and stuff, like, hey, guess that. what? Maybe not run to the right side as yes, much and then do all not. that. And that would be, oh, I don't know. That would be a good coaching decision, I would say, by Doug Peterson oh, to adjust his scheme to go and do that. And he uh, had to do that a lot throughout Did the season. Did you say Doug Peterson or Bill Belichick? I couldn't hear you. <laughs> Same guy. Uh, yeah. When it really comes down to is uh, is probably the two guys behind him that are making those adjustments. As, as That's our little tinfoil hat conspiracy theory around here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it made a, a humongous impact. And I'll say, I don't know. Does Lane Johnson... Is the same importance on the other side of the football? Is it? I don't think it's Fletcher Cox. I, I don't. Jordan Hicks? Yeah, I, I, I don't think. It, I think it's Jordan Hicks. Yeah. I think it's. I think on Ooh. he's more important Ooh. to that defense Ooh. than Fletcher Cox is. That's at a this really point in interesting time right question. Now. Is Jordan Hicks more important than Fletcher Cox? Well, I think there's an interesting aspect to that, and that's the the nature of Jordan Hicks' job. Like, he has to line everyone up. Like, Fletcher Cox isn't, you know, like, lining everyone up. It's just not the, you know, it's not what a defensive tackle does. So I think in terms of importance, that kind of shifts it a little bit. But, you know, I'm I'm a huge Jordan Hicks fan. I It drives me nuts all the time when people are like, oh, let's move him to weak side or wherever. Like, no, don't move him. He's literally, I say this every time I talk about Jordan Hicks, he's literally on pace to post Hall of Fame level stats, like he's been that good. Move him. He's, yeah. <laughs> Move him oh to the strong God. side. Move him to the weak side. He's that. Make good. him a safety. No, I'm kidding. And I and I guess that's why. Like I don't want to have the Fletcher Cox debate thing. But how? I mean, the, the difference between these the, the guys on the defensive line and, and Jordan Hicks's job, or I would even say Malcolm Jenkins, because he's getting a, a completely yep. new secondary again. He's got two rookies. He's got some guys that were banged up. He's got Jalen Mills, who he's trying to mentor and do all those things. Like, you have to be there for those things. Uh, on, the, on the defensive line, it is Brandon Graham, who's probably still the leader of that defensive line. Uh, and then you have a guy that's on the last year of his contract, and Timmy, don't call me Tim, or the other way around. I, I don't know. Tim, I, don't I just, call me Timmy. Much like Jack Fritz, I'm just going to stick to calling him Timmy. <laughs> because I, I don't... One, I don't me think too. it bothers him, and two, it just rolls off the tongue a lot better. I agree. Uh, it's more fun. You have a rookie in Derek Barnett who's not concerned about Fletcher Cox because he's got Brandon Graham, and he has said so that I lean on Brandon Graham because brrr, they play the same position, uh, and he's been doing it for a long time and has has had up and downs his career. So, you know, Fletcher Cox isn't isn't a leader, and he doesn't have to be. He can just get paid to wreck dudes, and that's his job. 
Like and 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 BLG and ooh. I have, have ooh, we might we might we might debate on that like for this. this, but that's all it is. And and listening to uh, who's it? Uh, Charlie Wilson, who's the defensive line coach down Chris there? Wilson. Chris yeah. Wilson. Chris Excuse Wilson. Me. Yes, Charlie Wilson's War. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, that's with Tom right. Hanks. maybe that's it's been on HBO, yeah. so that's Could why it funny, keeps coming uh, in there. Surprisingly funny in movie. the rotation. Yeah. Uh, so he, listening to him and like, how do you motivate a defensive line? And he literally just yells the craziest stuff. Like, he paces around like he's the ultimate warrior, which I love sometimes. And he's just like, here we go. Ohio State versus Michigan. Brandon, I need it. Look, boom. That's it. That, I mean, that's, they're not learning anything different there. Fletcher Cox isn't going like, hey, when he yells, uh, you're, pretend like it's Florida State versus Miami. That's it. I mean, there's no, there's no like real. I'm sure there's technique coaching in there. Sounds in the like an indictment of, of Chris Wilson. To no, me. I love, no, I love him because he teaches. But what did he really do last year? Did any of those guys get better? Did anyone show moves? Did Brandon anyone? Graham. Yeah, yeah, I guess Graham did. But but <laughs> you're right, you're right. But the rest of them didn't. I yeah. mean, I don't know what what Chris. I don't know. I didn't think Chris Wilson impressed me that much last season. Not that you know, I I was. But that's privy what I mean. What, his, what, what are you supposed to do on the defense? I'm saying teach like moves. What, what teach them? To, what is Fletcher Cox going to teach Timmy or? Oh, Destiny yeah, Viejo or, or whatever is, is going to because how to be a professional, John. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I, don't, I wouldn't say I would never say Fletcher Cox is a leader of this defense. I mean, he's not like the rah rah guy by any yeah. means. He's not that Doesn't kind of personality. But yeah, but I think he has to be the leader by example. I mean, he is. He's the biggest. I think. What does he have the highest cap hit on the team? Yes. If I'm not mistaken. Hit, well, yeah, like, I think it's he's the, the guy that like everyone else should be like. I want to be that guy. Like, yep. I want to be like Fletcher Cox. He might not be the the loudest guy and everything, but like I need to. I want to follow what he's doing. Like I need to follow the example that he's setting as one of the most important players on this team. And the organization loves him too, so it's not just like he's this super talented guy. He's like a good personality from what from what it seems like and everything too. So I think uh, he's an important guy to have around, and he might be not the leader of the whole defense, but you know that unit, the defensive tackles, right there. Yeah, and on top of that, like I know we make a lot of jokes. Oh, he's getting paid all this money, doesn't show up all that stuff. But like there is outside of of on the field, like you're just pure production. There is something that comes along with getting that type of contract. There is a commitment to an organization, a commitment to your team that you are, if you're getting that type of money, like it's not just going out and playing. It's also being that hundred million dollar guy in the locker room to the teammates, to the coaching staff. And I think that's, you know, we do need to see more from Fletcher there. I don't need him to be the guy like directing people and saying, do this, do that. But I do need to see some even quiet leadership from him. Well, we'll get into uh, a little more of that. Plus uh, just our observations from OTAs this past week, some intriguing things. And should you all be concerned? Carson Wentz is having an up and down camp so far. A lot of that and more. It's BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Probably my favorite Circus Survive song of all time. FYI. And the reason why... Lead guitar player from Circus Survive joining us right now. Brendan Extra. Brendan, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Yo, how's it going? Good, man. <laughs> so, uh, I've, never, I've never actually called one of these. I'm not great at fancy word talking. So <laughs> First <barely>. time, <laughs> long time. That's who you got to go with. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I'm I'm assuming you heard James call you He's out. He's coming at me now. Is that is that no, what I happened? I, I can't. Li- I don't listen to the radio. I, just, <laughs> <laughs> I listen to this when you guys put it on your little podcast later because I'm like holding a baby. I'm doing so many things right now. It's insane. 
<laughs> so what? Uh, I, you know, we were talking obviously earlier in the show about uh, about Jeremy Macklin, and there's a lot of the fan base was like, oh, of course, absolutely, like it was like it was an automatic thing. How are you feeling about that? Okay, well, I I was that's kind of the main reason I'm calling. I think that uh, the, my first thought was that I would absolutely love to have him back, and kind of the reason for that is personally, he was my favorite receiver since To as an Eagle. And I know it's highly debatable whether he or Jackson was a better receiver. I just feel like he was the most well-rounded. And I also just loved rooting for him. Like, Jackson was a dummy a lot of the time, and I've, and that matters to me. Like, So I loved having Macklin around, and I think that it was really frustrating circumstances the way he left. Like, part of that still makes me want to kneecap Chip Kelly if I ever see him. <laughs> so, like, a lot of things I, make us want to kneecap Chip Kelly. You can't kneecap Kelly. him too much now. I mean, it took two years, and then they cut him no, for that I large know. money. He's in Bristol, just head on up. I think my point is that I feel like after sitting with it for a while, I think it's probably a really emotional thing. And that if this was someone who is um, comparable to Macklin coming off of another team, I don't know that we'd be having this conversation. We're pretty set at wide receiver right now, and I think it might muddy the picture to bring someone like him in when we have a lot of young guys that we really want to see what's going to happen with them. And this is the time to do that, in my opinion. But at the same time, I love the guy. And I would love to see him come back and retire as an Eagle. So. Yeah, that's where I'm at too, Brendan. There's a big, obviously, nostalgia factor there with Jeremy. And we were talking about it earlier in the show about how it's not comparable to bringing Shady back or bringing Deshaun back because, you know, all those guys, although those guys were talented, you know, they had off-field issues and things like that. And, and Jeremy yeah. Macklin's been through a lot in his life. I mean, I think we kind of maybe forget that he had like a cancer scare. Remember yeah, we, had, yeah, we had that year where we were like, we didn't know what was wrong with him or if he was going to be out of football forever and kept like, losing and weight. All that came yeah. back. Yeah. Had a, had like a healthy season as a number one for an Eagle and he performed really well. And it was just weird to see him leave right after that. I yeah. Think. Well, especially because like there were, you know, stories that came out that said he was coming back and like, it was like, Oh, yeah. the Eagles resigned him. And then it's like, Oh wait, he's going to Kansas city. Sorry. Yeah. It was just yeah. like, it was, it was so crushing. one day. It happened in one day. And yeah. I couldn't even believe it when I heard it on the radio. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, so and, and for those that don't know, uh, Brendan is also a staunch, staunch defender. Of uh, of the Zacherts, right. of, of, of soft Zacherts, I think is wow. what you meant to say. See, that's what I'm saying. Transfers over to fading a little bit here, just a little. <laughs> but just to, to tell everybody real quick why you're why you think that you know Ertz is is still, uh, I, I guess gets non uh, or doesn't get the the praise that he deserves here. Uh, well, I wrote that like 600 page article, which <laughs> toned down a little bit. And, uh, I, I really just think like statistically he's been, he's been a great player here for us. And I, I do think that, um, you, like you alluded to him being a little bit soft. I think that's the major issue that people are very frustrated with him. And, uh, I thought last year, especially towards the end of the year, which I know everybody talks about, he really started to play more physical than we have seen in the past. Yeah. I have no idea if it's going to continue, but man, if it does, I think we're going to forget that we had issues with him. That's all I'm saying. And I, I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I think having some other weapons finally filled in around him, that will let him be the role player and not have us be like, man, he's the only offensive weapon we can really expect anything from. So I guess we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and, and that's what uh, I think we've all just said. You know, if it, if it turns out to be okay and then he becomes playoff hurts where he has those 
you know, December's and January's where he's really effective and yeah. he gets through it and wants it cold weather, then you're right. I don't I don't think yeah, we'll think about listen, it at all. If we start to make the playoffs and everybody's talking about how Earth only performs late in the <laughs> season, it's gonna suddenly be a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. And uh, and like Vince was saying, you know, we don't I mean, I think we're a little used to Selick and some other really tough tight ends. We had this conversation where he was just saying like Keith Myers, you know, too. We're yeah. used to that. Yeah, we're used to that, and that's great, but we don't necessarily need we don't necessarily need it if he's performing and producing. So I guess we'll see. But uh, the last thing I want to throw out there is just about the OTA thing. I can't believe how this stuff becomes a conversation every year. <laughs> and, like, we're going to forget about it in a couple months. It's not that big a deal, but I will say, like, I don't think you can, like, just laugh it away because what I want to – see every year like what i want to know from these players is that it's just like they can't wait to get back on yes. the field so it's frustrating yeah. and you're allowed to be a little frustrated that's all i want to say john like i want to know that those dudes can't wait to get back out there with those dudes and, and better their craft so like i'm allowed to be a little bummed out for a week that this guy especially a guy who makes that much money and should show the young guys yes Oh, yeah. I, back. yeah, I want him to, to want to be there. That's an sure. great yeah, point. I want him to saying. want to be there. I, 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 listen, I, I listen, would... If you want to take the day off after Memorial Day, which, by the way, if you want to stop this issue, stop scheduling OTAs on the biggest family getaway. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Make them yeah. mandatory, one or the yes, other. Exactly. But, but, like, yo, if you want to take an extra day off, fine, but you don't need to take a whole week off. No one wants to hang out with their family that long anyway. It's insane. <laughs> it was clearly drag, drag racing in a swamp or something. So That's what they do in Missouri. Yeah, exactly. Uh, You're you know, pretty good at this. Yeah. You never go yeah, on the radio man. show. Yeah, you do awesome. an excellent job. So uh, you can uh, obviously catch Brendan on tour. Uh, I think you guys start back up in July in Columbus, and they're going all over the place, man. So we appreciate yeah. you uh, chiming in real quick, buddy. Thanks for joining us. All right, man. Love you guys. Take it easy. Thank you for listening. Take it easy. <laughs> Brendan Circus Survive. Uh, seriously, like one of the I didn't, one of the best bands that has come out of this area and, in and a, a very wonderful long time. guy, like just a really good guy. I do think there is something interesting with the Ertz thing, though, because I think we did see after that Cincinnati game and that that you know awful, awful. I'm not going to hit Vontez perfect play there. I think that we saw the change right after that, after the public outcry of like you know man up type of stuff, and maybe just maybe. Like that reaction that he got maybe impacted a little bit, and maybe that's something that can kind of continue forward. I yeah, don't know. so you're crediting Jimmy Kemsky for uh, calling him out. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm crediting this radio <laughs> station. I'm crediting the callers. I'm crediting everybody who, who called him out when he deserved to be called out. Let's go to uh, Will in Sewell. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, what's up, guys? Jimmy, what's up, buddy? What up, Will? How you doing, brother? <laughs> All right, so I got a quick point with the Macklin thing, and then I got a question that I want you guys to just mull over. Okay. So the Macklin thing is, once I heard it, here's what I picture. Torrey Smith, Jeremy Macklin, Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey, and Darren Sproles all on the field at the same Ooh. time. What? Who covers who? That is a matchup nightmare. Where are you putting uh, Where are you putting Macklin in that situation, just out of curiosity? Slot. Hmm. Macklin in the slot, Corey Smith, and Alshon on the outside, and um, yeah, because then I get the slot. Then I guess you would, you know, then then that's basically what I was alluding to. Is like, well, then Macklin may, at this point in his career might be a really good slot guy. Yeah, he's got the hands outside abilities to yeah. yeah, or the outside, or the it doesn't matter. Right, you can move them all over the place. They're, at that point, they're all interchangeable. 
at that point, you can throw Torrey Smith and Macklin on the outside and put Alshon on a slot receiver. Have fun with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, uh, trust me. Like, I, I think there's, I think there's definitely some some peaking, uh, peaking, you know, interest in in that setup and doing a lot of that. It's just, I don't, I don't know. I feel like that's the type of you you sign them and then it's just like, oh, four hundred yards for five million dollars. <laughs> yeah. like, I just kind of feel that for some reason. I don't know why. And then uh, my question is, uh, it's more of a scenario. Mm-hmm. If Carson throws for two hundred fifty yards and two touchdowns in average this year. What's the Eagles' record? That is a very good question, Will, and we will answer that as soon as we get back. It is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. 94 WIP FM HD 1 Philadelphia. From the Tasty Cake Studios, this is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. So Will asked us, hey, Carson Wentz throws for 250 and two touchdowns and average, on average per game. Uh, it's like 4,000 yards and 36 touchdowns. Pretty good. I'd say you would have to imagine that's a 32 playoff 32 touchdowns. 32. Yeah. See, looks like, never come to me for math. No, you're not How many times have we told you this? That's uh, pretty good. Yeah, I, say I, I would say wins. it's a playoff team. I'd say 10 wins. if you did. Again, the qualifier being he doesn't also throw two interceptions per game. <laughs> yeah. that two and two. Mitigating factor. But I would say just off the cuff, if he has 32 touchdowns and 4,000 yards, they win 10 games. Yeah, even at a, well, even at a two to one, I think that's fine. You know, yeah, two, oh, no, it's two, fine. Actually, two to one's like a phenomenal season. It's what a, am I talking about? Are you about? kidding me? 32, 32 16 and, and or, yeah, I mean, oh my oh, God. Oh, yeah, 32 16 and uh, yeah. And 4,000 yards yeah. in your second season in the league. It's that's pretty good. Pretty damn good. Uh, it also means, yeah, well, and that, that kind of, I guess that would third, equate I to. I, third two touchdowns a lot. Like, if he gets to that, like, that would be really, what do you have this past season, like 16 or something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, so yeah. We're talking about doubling, double, doubling, and he played <laughs> all 16 games, so. Uh, 888-729-94, talking about a variety of different things. Who's going to be your core moving forward? Uh, what do you think about Jeremy Macklin possibly, uh, maybe, being an eagle here? And that's what kind of Will alluded to as well. I, you know, the Macalena slot thing, sure. I guess I, I'm still kind of just, I'm up in the air. I, You're I don't feel I, I just, you just I can't wrap never, your arms around. You can't open your heart to Jeremy Macklin. Unless yes. your name is Jeremiah Trotter, I really don't want to reach back and grab you and put you back on the team again. Like, it's, you're, you've, what are you, what else are you trying to look for? What else are you trying to prove, I guess, at I, that I, point? I do agree with you in the sense that we do do this far too often. Where we're like, bring back the glory, guys! Even though the glory is like winning a playoff game. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, even or sometimes so, not even. Yeah, or not even. <laughs> or just like, oh, they came back from a bunch of points down in that one game. That team was fun. Uh, but I, I just think that, like, it's, for me, just a pure money, talent on the field, helping wins. I, I just think it makes sense. <laughs> Vince Chapman in Tuesday, bring back Max- Maxwell. <laughs> bring okay, back Maxwell. Okay, maybe not. Okay, maybe not. Kiko, though? <laughs> yeah, maybe Kiko. Kiko. Let's go to uh, David all the way in Carbondale, Illinois. David, what's going on, buddy? Good to hear from you. David in Carbondale is now David in Los Angeles. Oh, it's, hey! he made it. He made it, everybody. He did it. Have you uh, produced your first film yet or what? I mean, you've only been there for like, a, you know, a, a week. So. Have you won an Oscar? Uh, well, I, I did, but I, I, I didn't produce it here. I produced it last year. I'll tweet you guys a link at it. Awesome. Fantastic. It's awesome. pretty interesting. Yeah, Every- I'll, I'll send you guys something. But, uh, I'm quite first, the cinephile uh, myself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> first, addressing the Macklin thing. Um, now, hypothetically, say we don't have Tory Smith. Give him Tory Smith's contract. Like, if we don't have mm-hmm. Tory Smith on this roster, have Jeremy Macklin like fill his spot. So I don't think we should bring him back. I think, you know, for this year, 
you know, with all the free agents that we have coming up, like, I think we're okay where we are now, especially with Nelson doing well in OTAs. I think that's something that can't go unnoticed. Um, but something that I was thinking about was the position battle for that third safety. That was something that you guys have been talking about a little bit, that yeah. battle between, uh, uh, not Ron Brooks, Terrence Brooks and Jalen Watkins, mm-hmm. um, because we see this defense change a lot when Malcolm Jenkins has to move down into the slot that's to take point, that slot Dave. corner spot. Um, so, and also with slot depth, I mean, we have more depth there with Jalen Mills could play the slot. Ron Brooks, when he's healthy, can play the slot and Patrick Robinson. So, um, that position battle for that third safety is going to be really important. Whoever's going to be there. Yeah. And I would, I would say Marigos is probably still in that mix too, as far as third yeah, safety things sure. go. And it's yeah. so interesting because of, I mean, if it's up to me, I'm Nate keeping, Jerry too, is he in that? Or I, Gary, I, I mean, is I he kind of, that's interesting. Maybe. Yeah. yeah he, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know what kind of. I honestly think that there he's the nickel guy. I think he's the new Michael Kendricks. Who's the, who, who's the nickel guy? I think I, I think that it's it's going to be Nate Jerry taking over for Nate Jerry, okay. taking over for Michael Kendricks' spot. A lot of those. I think they're going to split yeah. that whatever it was the twenty three percent of the time that he was on the field. They'll probably do that in the middle and chop it Haven't up. Haven't we seen enough of Jalen Watkins at yes. this point? Yes. I mean, like, isn't anything better than Jalen Watkins? Uh, like he stinks. Like there, we've seen a lot of Jalen Watkins far more than we've needed to. I'm I'm fine with anyone else winning that job. Yeah, it's, I mean, and so am I. And David, we appreciate the call, buddy. Good luck in L.A. I know it's a it's a tough time out there sometimes. So, uh, but but yeah, there is. Uh, and the other thing too is so Malcolm Jenkins prefers to be down in that slot. I think it's because it was cornerback yeah, background and whatever. It's where he started. Yeah, and I remember him saying during the season that he gets really bored when he's just back there playing safety, but at the same time, he's really good at just <laughs> identifying and, and doing all those things, and sure, there's, it, yeah. there's the interceptions and the almost interceptions, and we, you know, clench our fists sometimes, and oh, that could have been a turnover or whatever, but I, you know, I, I, for whatever they're thinking, you have to keep Malcolm Jenkins back at safety at all costs, at all costs. I, I know that it affected when Ron Brooks went down, and a lot of, you need to throw in those guys that we mentioned in the nickel before you do that again, I think. I, I, one million trillion percent agree with you. I think that as much as Malcolm Jenkins can play the slot, like you said, John, he is significantly more effective doing that, you know, safety, deep, deep guy type stuff. And you had to do it last year out of necessity. Mm-hmm. You didn't have a choice. This year, even if they're not the best options in the world, at least you have some choices. You have some guys who have played the slot in the NFL before and at least have been, you know, mediocre or whatever. <laughs> yes. But I think that, that you're doing more harm by sliding Jenkins in there. And, and whether it be Terrence Brooks or, God forbid, Jalen Watkins, one of those guys, I think you're doing more damage that way than by just going with a Patrick Robinson or going with a, a, Terrence, or a Ron Brooks. In the uh, in the slot there, BLG, who's going to win that third safety slot? Well, with Terrence Brooks there, real quick, real quick, uh, interesting thing. He barely played last year. He had one interception, and two forced fumbles. Like that's pretty good for that him is, barely not playing good, at yeah. all. Like, well, they, th- that was the where they threw him in. What was that? The, the Giants, Giants game. game. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what they call that? A nose for the ball. <laughs> well, what, it was actually interesting what they did in that Giants game. They they basically played like a box and one, which is like, mm-hmm. you know, like a basketball defense on. Uh, Odell Beckham, and yeah, he made the play at the end of the game there. I think there's something to Terrence Brooks. I think he could be that third safety, a uh, nice guy to have in the mix there, who can also play special teams. So uh, I don't think it's going to be Marigos so much as it will be Brooks potentially winning that spot. And again, he's not Jalen Watkins. It's not Jalen. That's important. <laughs> the most important thing in this conversation is not Jalen Watkins. Go to Brian in Middletown. Brian, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, hey guys. I'm enjoying the conversation. Thanks, man. Hey, hey. 
Yeah, 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 no problem. Listen, to me, it's a no-brainer. Why wouldn't you bring Jeremy Macklin back on a very team-friendly contract? The Eagles wide receiving core last year was arguably the worst in football. Mm -hmm. Maybe San Francisco may have been worse. So you're, you're not in a position, really, to try to play the game of, you know, well, he's okay, but he's not good enough for us. No. The guys you sign aren't here on long-term contracts anyway. The Jeffrey, Tory Smith, and by the way, Tory Smith had a mediocre season last last Mediocre. He had an awful, awful. atrocious season. <laughs> In twenty fourteen, the first half of that season, uh, when Jordan Matthews was a rookie, his success in the slot was aided by Macklin's, you know, uh, production as the X receiver. All right. He and by the way, Macklin has played under Doug Peterson. Remember the breakout season for Michael Vick in twenty ten. So Macklin understands the route tree, all right? To me, I, I have him compete with Torrey Smith. It's not a matter of, I'm not guaranteeing, guaranteeing anything to either one of these guys. They're both hungry. I think Macklin may still may be younger than Torrey Smith. I'm not certain about that. You guys can check that. Uh, I think Torrey's younger. Yeah, yeah, Macklin's by the year though. older. But yeah, it's yeah. still it's a great okay. point. I mean, considering what Torrey did last year, they're, they're, and I think his contract is shaped this way, but sure. he should not be guaranteed anything. Exactly. She's not. I'm tell you guys. Right, the contract says that. I think the whole idea of clamoring for other players, we don't really do it often. I'm going to tell you what happened. The dynamic was Chip Kelly, releasing guys who are in the prime of their career. That's why this whole conversation started. The Deshaun Jacksons, the Macklins, the LaSaw McCoys. These are, you know, if you're getting rid of players who are you know, over 30, that's no problem. You don't get rid of guys who are in their mid-20s. Or literally at the pinnacle of the career. So that's why they have this whole idea <laughs> I don't know. of bringing certain guys back. I did, yeah, I, it, it, Brian, that's a great point. And, yeah, very good call. And there's, no, and I'm I'm definitely not saying like, whoa, the Eagles are not in a position to, you know, just bring in who, you know, whoa, willy-dilly here and, and get to, you know, they, they can't, just as Brian was saying, they can't just pick and choose, you know, this, this is a clear upgrade here. You might want to consider kicking the tires on this thing. I'm just saying... For our expectations of what yeah. that's going to be, it's probably not going to be worth five. I think million. You're, I think where where it might be getting lost in translation is you're just more down on Macklin. It seems in terms of what he can provide if he does come and whether that's worth the cost. Yeah, like why aren't you talking about okay, Victor Cruz then? If you're if you're really kind of getting into that conversation, Ma about, I mean, like, because yeah, and more. also also but, less but, physically, uh, you know, as, as sure too, older but I'm too. I'm just, Older. I'm just saying, like it's, it's the same kind of premise. Though it's like, well, this See, guy Mac was reliable. Macklin was much had an better. I mean, history. Cruz of had one year. Was. Macklin was much better than Cruz. Yeah, in my yeah, mind. yeah. But uh, now they're at the point of their careers where it's just kind of like, eh. I mean, Macklin's only he was injured a lot and is only a couple years removed well, from yeah, being a legitimate that, NFL receiver. How we always okay. He, he went over a thousand, had eight touchdowns in 2015. Yeah, he was the only guy there. He was the only guy there. Who I mean, else was on that team? Good. It's not because, just like, well, we can't come out and say, well, Jordan Matthews' stats are actually padded and da 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 da, and then also say, well, oh, Jeremy Macklin had a thousand yards though. Like it's the same situation that the ball had to go somewhere, and they had they like as a reminder that Kansas City team had zero touchdowns caught by wide receivers. Right, but he also before. had Alex Smith throwing to him. He might have he had more yards and more whatnot if he was playing with a better quarterback who could actually throw the deep ball at the time when he could actually go deep. Well, I mean, is, uh, is is this a deep ball offense? Though? No, I'm just saying conceptually it's a, it's a different situation 
than the Matthews thing. But I understand what you're saying in terms of, and I'm not one to just throw the stats out. I'm saying when I watched him play, like when they actually used Macklin in Kansas City that year, it seemed like he was effective. It was effective. Yeah. So, but I, now you now you're getting into a conversation with like, oh, it was two years ago. Right, but I mean, look, look, let's put it this way. Macklin has been a lot more effective recently than Torrey Smith has. Of so, course, absolutely. So, so that's the point, though. Like, like, and that's what I liked about Brian's call in the sense that, and the contract again, the, the you know the way they structured it says we're not guaranteeing Torrey Smith anything, but I have no problem with them bringing Macklin to compete with Torrey Smith. Like, I'd yeah, rather, I think, I think I'd rather idea. have Macklin than Torrey Smith in terms of just one for one. Now, I understand that Smith, the, what he brings with the speed and whatnot, is a mm-hmm. nice compliment to Alshon and what they're doing, but that doesn't mean that Macklin's not a better option. Sure, well, but going back to Will, too, why not both? That's a, I, 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 uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I, I think that, yeah, maybe I'm changing my mind a little bit here. Ooh, I, like I don't it. know. I, think I like it. it. I think as, as far as, like, yeah, if you want to, I can't, it all comes down to money, all yes. comes down to length. Yes. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Let's go to our good friend Scott and Barrington. Scott, what's going on, buddy? Good to hear from you. Let me take you off speakerphone, fellas, right quick. <laughs> Brother Scott! Sorry about that. I'm out, I'm out here in detail making a couple of dollars for the nice festivities. Nice. But we want to discuss what they are because we're on the radio. But anyway, <laughs> Game J Security. My boy, what's going on? What's <laughs> up, so man? <laughs> I'm enjoying the conversation. I had to stop my work. You can do that when you got your own little business. I like uh, that. Fellas, wow, man. This, um, this topic is up. I'm going to get to the macro thing, but let me ask you. If you guys have been to OTs or heard any buzz, out of the rookies, the draft picks, of course, who's uh, been catching everybody's eyes? Ooh, there's a, I, I, there's a lot of different folks. I'm going to have BLG start first, though. I think it's John's favorite player on the team now, by the way. It's <laughs> Matt Collins. Uh, Matt Collins is looking pretty good here. All the favor, Matt Collins. Um, he's catching everything thrown his way. He doesn't wear the gloves, which is kind of an interesting look at practice, but he, he it works for him. He's catching everything. He looks good out there. I think... You know, the perception when Matt Collins was drafted because Mike Mayock said he's, like, the best special teams player in the draft was that he was only a special teams player. Like, no, that's not the case. I think we've seen enough now that, like, this guy has some talent. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to say that. And, I'm Scotty, I'm going to tell you, man, Derek Barnett's going to kill people. Yes! I mean, I I am blown away by how agile that guy really is. When you get to to see it up front, you get to see all the little different... You know, jiu-jitsu moves that he's doing with his hands and going up against Lane Johnson and Ooh, blowing right by him. And I really want to see them pads. That and, 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 we're, and we're talking about Lane Johnson, um, a guy who's um all-star in his own right. Oh, too. yeah. Kind of yeah. Like somebody off the street. Yeah, Lane got, him, Lane got him back uh, uh, just just as equal, too. So it was yep. a nice, like, balance. It's oh, way you know, different. Way different. And people brought this up. I think we even talked about it at the podcast. There is so much difference between, like, Oh my God! It's Marcus Smith, and this guy, kid's going to need work for. It was like that dude is ready to play right now. So uh, good, good. I get excited, as I would like to say. <laughs> um, I, I, think, I think I think another work I'm interested in seeing is um Speaster. Uh, was it Shelton Gibson? Yeah, Gibson's been kind of uh, Gibson's been kind of weird here, BLG, because it's I I see the uh, the allure of the speed, and he hustles really hard. Like he Next definitely wants to get better, et cetera, et cetera. The hands, though, a little concerning. Lots of drops. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's oh, okay. ready to be active this year, at least right away. I think maybe as a kick returner of anything, but I think, you know, if you're, especially if you're keeping six receivers, you're not going to have all those guys active on game day. So I think Gibson could right. be the guy who you kind of have to keep. Uh, Which, again, is another point to be like, okay, maybe you bring in Jeremy Macklin, you stick him on the practice squad, you let him get Look at this. Now he's, he's selling saying, Macklin I'm just for saying, us. Yeah. I'm great. just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just excited. Um, just to hear his name mentioned again, fellas. And um, you can never have too many wide receivers, if that makes any sense. But, fellas, um, 
this other team was doing. Barry, I'll mention their names right now. It plays across the street in the baseball diamond. But, um, fellas, um, I'm ready. And um, my last question to you is, uh, besides the good season that he had here, is what does um, Nicky franchise fold bring to the table that um, <laughs> Chase Daniels did? So that's the answer, bro. Enjoy the rest of the evening. Thanks, Scott. Day and, um, peace. I appreciate it, buddy. Good luck with uh, like good work. like five inches the, taller. That's all I, 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 I got. Right. Taller. <laughs> uh, you want to fire up the hot take machine? Anybody oh, ready for this? Uh, here it comes. Uh, here it comes. Here it comes. Ready? Nick Foles, Barrett, and Carson Wentz. That's messed up, John. No, Matt McGloin can do everything that Nick Foles does. Oh, and for a lot no! cheaper. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that they paid that guy four or five million dollars. Whatever it is, you have Matt McGloin who's got an accurate intermediate arm that can... McGloin doesn't look bad. Yeah. I, I mean, like, come on, guys. Like, it is... It's so... It is incredibly frustrating to see him on the football team. I'm just going to say that. 27 and 2. <laughs> I would I will accept Nick Foles a lot better if he can petition the league and the Eagles can petition the league for one preseason game that his jersey says 27 dash two. Oh, that'd be amazing. Then, I, mean, that, I think that would be great. I, I, here, here's what I'll say. Honestly, like I just I can't get worked up over it. We're talking about if Carson yeah. Wentz, God forbid anything happens to Carson Wentz. I'm like kind of out anyway on the season. I think we all are in, in that in that way. So uh, True. Nick, Nick Foles, Chase Daniel, Matt McGloin, whoever. I don't care. Yeah, it, no, it doesn't really matter. But if we're talking about Jeremy Maglin and we're talking about four million dollars, wouldn't you rather just give that to Jeremy Maglin? Yes, than your oh, absolutely. I, oh, I'm not defending the full. Oh, I don't, yeah, 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 totally. That's I think, all I mean I think by that, that was. I think the whole backup quarterback situation from Chase Daniel through Nick Foles, yeah. has been mismanaged. We both know their deficiencies, and you're trading one guy out for, you know, whatever. Nick Foles' big arm, I guess, that kind of is more like a rainbow lollipop thing that eventually works. That was the funniest thing last year, too, about seeing, for some reason, I was watching preseason Kansas City versus Chicago, and literally, I think I saw Nick Foles through the worst ball ever, and somehow Tyreek Hill still, come, still came down with it. So I, I guess in that regard... Sure, maybe you got uh, a hey. nice... I wouldn't even call it a 50-50 ball if he throws a Dalshon Jeffrey. It's more like a 10-90 ball. Because <laughs> you don't know if it's actually going to get there or the not. Real, the real people who are really, truly happy about Nick Foles being back is Uber. And that is yeah, it. that's true. That's okay. true. So. <laughs> yeah, he, and he picked the wrong one to go to because Lyft is a lot better. Way better. Uh, David in New Mexico, what's happening, buddy? Good to hear from you again. Gentlemen, how is everything going? Doing great, my friend. How are you? Doing all right, man. Well, I was talking to, you know, all the Eagle fans out here, you know, all seven of us. And <laughs> it was <laughs> and it was pretty interesting how how everybody was was, was so excited about the uh, LeGarrette Blunt signing and the Alshon Jeffrey signing. And they all were saying that the, you know, it's going to be so much more increased on the offense. I think the addition of LeGarrette Blunt is actually going to help Wendell Smallwood more than most people think. He's going to stay fresh. And I like Wendell Smallwood. And I think a lot of people are falling asleep on this kid. Um, I think if he stays healthy, he showed some flashes. If he can get in there on a consistent basis, I'm not calling him a bell cow. But I am saying that he can be a heck of a lot better and a lot more um, effective in this offense. If the, even if those splits were, even if those carries were split 50-50. Um, because you got somebody like LeGarrette Blunt hammering on a defense, and then you bring in somebody who's that fast, and he's got a home, he's got home run speed. So mm -hmm. let's not go to sleep on that. And I just think that uh, the more carries Wendell gets, I think the more this fan base is going to ease up on whether or not we do or don't have. Uh, oh no, a David! Back I, I don't think I don't think that's the case for a lot of the fan base. I I think the people that question it, like me, were more or less. I don't think Wendell Smallwood can be a lead back based on. 
just durability, skill-wise, all that stuff. If if it's a one-two with him and Legarrette or, you know, whatever kind of filters through there and it's him, then Sproles, then Smallwood, that's, an, that's a great rotation of running backs. So they would really complement each other very well. I think it would be excellent in that role. Yeah, and that, well, that's what I was saying. I mean, I, I mean, it, it can't hurt. It can't hurt to have somebody to have a home run hitter like that. And I mean, he can do a lot of the things mm-hmm. that uh, a lot of backs do at his size. But the addition of Legarrette Blunt actually gives us, I, in my opinion, it gives us an extra win in the whole season because we're not lining up with four wide receivers on first and goal from the two. Absolutely. So, <laughs> well, and, and David, so, and, and thanks for the call, buddy. As always, thank you so much. So, if you just we do some quick uh, fan math here, I said. Alshon's a plus two of the win column. You take David, that's a plus one. So plus three, we're already at 10 wins, fellas. Hey, <laughs> there we go. No. Look at that. Look at that all the way. So uh, much more as we come back. We'll get Vince Quinn back on the mic. We'll talk a little more uh, position battles, OTAs. And did our old friend Nolan Carroll get in trouble this weekend? I think he did. It's coming up next on BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Nolan, 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 Nolan. So Nolan Carroll obviously uh, left us uh, in free agency. I thought you were going to say sucks. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> that too. And uh, I don't know. There's a mixture of things with uh, with Cowboys fans. But most and I had to go remind myself. I'm good friends over at Blogging the Boys. Which is... Uh, Friends being loose. Let's say, let's say, uh, I don't know. I would say over an overrating player blog, putting it nicely. Overrating uh, their did, own they, players. Yeah, yeah, there you go. It, yeah. Uh, gave the signing a B plus. So, uh, D plus. Whoops. Sorry. Did you say D plus? <laughs> Something like that. I don't know, man. That's weird. It's weird. That, You're right. D minus. I'm sorry. I, right. I, I don't know why. I still don't know why the Cowboys ended up going with him over Carr and a couple of others. Just seems like uh, Nolan Carroll for basically the same price that they all got signed off for, uh, and now you add the the uh, DUI on top of that. It's just kind of like, oh, uh, the the Cowboys win again. I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. It's four first round picks, John. Yeah, it is. It's another first round pick for Nolan Carroll's arrest. <laughs> it is and because in actuality, Nolan Carroll not being or getting playing time or possibly not being on the field, that means Jordan Lewis and Awuzie <laughs> start. Therefore. More oh. first-round picks for the Dallas until, Cowboys. Until Lewis, you know, gets in trouble for something, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> a lot of Cowboys players getting in trouble for lots of things. And speaking of that, Zeke's investigation is supposed to apparently come to an end soon. I don't Ooh. know in what way. I don't know if they're like... like the a, longest investigation in the history of investigations. Makes you think. And also, at the same time, Jerry Jones wanting to, like, make uh, less... Harsher penalties on players too. Hmm. Interesting how that. Uh, probably just a coincidence. Yeah, yeah, probably just probably just no big deal. I mean, it's not like Jerry has any influence on the league or penalties or uh, who's controlling. Uh, you know, uh, throwing flags or. Uh, I thought you were going to say the puppet who is the commissioner of the league. My bad. I keep yeah. I keep reading you. Yeah, wrong. we can just say that there's like two, there's two guys that run the league, right? It's yeah, Robert Kraft, Kraft and, and Jones. Jerry Jones. No question. That's it. Yes. 100%. Where are we going to have the Super Bowl? I'll tell you where we're having the Super Bowl. Where can we move to? No. Wait, what you're going to do is you two are moving to Los Angeles. You're moving to Las Vegas. Super Bowl's forever. So I can bring the party bus out and, and get tagged on Deadspin for, you know, fooling around with 20-year-old girls. And Dean, and Dean can want. come. Yeah, yeah, and Dean can come, finally. Hey, and Chris Christie. Oh, yeah! 
Hey. Can I just say this, first of all, because I, I haven't heard a peep about it. Yeah. Has his media job been uh, finalized anywhere yet? That's a good question. I've not heard anything. Interesting. No. So yeah. they made all these rules in the NFL. Uh, they made m major changes. They all got approved. And then the guy that's in charge of enforcing those days after gets fired because he was pursuing Step a down. media job. Yeah. I'm going to step down and go because I, I got a media offer. Has he gotten a job yet? Interesting. Well, I have a surprise for you, John, uh -oh. next week on BGN Radio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Here he comes. 888-729-9494. This is BGN Radio. John Barcher, James Seltzer, the Hefe himself, Brandon Lee Gowden, in charge of BleedingGreenNation.com. And you can find us on uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and uh, tune in uh, for your podcasting needs at BGN underscore radio and also at BGNRadio.com. So, uh, with that being said, I'm excited for this upcoming week because we, we don't just get to see one. We get to see two OTA practices this week. One is on Monday, one is on Friday. Plenty of highlights through that. Uh, I wanted to go through some of that with you, though, uh, BLG, from this past week because... I don't know if I'm, I mean, like, I'm, I'm really starting to hype up Derek Barnett a little bit. Uh, uh, may, maybe even to the danger zone where it's, I'm going to hype him up too much and then he's going to start out slow and then everybody's going to blame me uh, for that. But mainly, it's, it's just, it is really, and this is the other thing that I thought of too. So you had tweeted it out about Alshon Jeffrey. And listen, Alshon Jeffrey took Razul Douglas's lunch, ate it, sh turned around, shook him out, and then got his milk money too. Like it was, uh, it was, he is the real deal down there. So if there was any other doubt, and over the past week or two, I think whether it's been fantasy, regular football guys, oh, I just don't see it as a real fit here between him and Carson Wentz. doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I'm just like, every time that we go to practice, I don't know how you come to that conclusion at all. I really don't. And this could be, this was my theory too. It was a little Eddie Murphy Ritz cracker thing. I haven't seen anything. I've been starving for months, almost for years, for, for a competent wide receiver to be on the Eagles and maybe he's just a Ritz cracker. Then I'm like, that can't be a Ritz. This is the most delicious thing I've ever eaten in my life. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I really do think that he is 100% the real deal. And if he is healthy, that connection is going to be amazing. Alshon Jeffrey isn't a Ritz cracker, John. He's a Woodrow's cheese. Hey! That's, that's what he is. He, nice. is. he has been the real deal. Um, he looks great out there. I, I literally haven't seen one drop except one play where, like, it was a super tough grab. It was raining. Like the ball was thrown where he kind of didn't even have a chance, and he barely got his hand on it. Like that's it. Like no other drops, no big mistakes at all. Um, there maybe like a miscommunication here with Wentz. That's something they're going to work on this summer. They'll get that ironed out. But overall, he just he looks like the real deal. The the wide receiving core as a whole has been pretty good, and obviously Nelson Aguilar has been stepping up more than expected. Um, Shelton Gibson has struggled, so I would say not him so much. Mm -hmm. But Matt Collins looks good. Jordan Matthews didn't practice this week because of the the knee tendonitis. Uh, the Eagles said they're being conservative with him. But overall, I think the, uh, the wide receivers have played well so far, and that's an encouraging sign. Yeah, and it's just and and even with that, you know, I mean, we mentioned Rizul Douglas having a tough time with him, but for the most part, really looked the part. And it's in whether that is, you know, I, and I forget there somebody was was not available. Right. Or, or because Ron Brooks, Ron Brooks was out. Ron yeah. Brooks was out. So t I think typically they would throw him in, in more of a nickel situation yeah. but because he wasn't played more on the outside. And other than those instances with Jeffrey, I mean, he was right there with. And again, we, we've already said it on the show. It doesn't mean that Tory Smith is a world beater here. And we know what Nelson Aguilar is. But still for a rookie to come in and. All of the stuff that you saw in film, so all of the using the sideline to his advantage as as press and forcing Alshon 
or excuse me, forcing Nelson Aguilar, who's definitely not Alshon Jeffrey, to the sideline. Torrey Smith doing the same thing, being around every ball, batted three or four passes, and you're like, yep, this this makes a lot of sense here. So I will be, I'll just say, I will be very disappointed if he doesn't beat out Patrick Robinson. What about, I, well, what if it's Mills, though? Do you think it's definitely Robinson, or could it be Mills? That's my question. It, well, it could it could be Mills too, and, uh, and it could see, be both, right? It, yeah, and see, that's where I start to. Well, I don't know if it's I don't know who plays left left CB. <laughs> so one of those guys is going to have to play. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, right. That's my point. Yes. So, uh, it, yeah, or it could be Mills. I would I would actually if if he's not a starter, I'd be disappointed. I, I think that's where I, I think there's just too much ability that he has, and there's rookie mistakes in there. He's gonna you know he gets tripped up. He's he's been burnt one or two times in practice. That's going to happen, but. I, I think if he's not out there taking his lumps, doing doing his things, I'm going to be a little bit disappointed. I think from a developmental standpoint, I think it's a, it's kind of a no-brainer. It's kind of different from what we were talking about before with the Macklin type of thing where we don't know if these guys are, are ready comparative to what Macklin could do to help Wentz. Here it's like, you know, if you're talking about the even an unready rookie stepping on the field versus Patrick Robinson or something, yeah. it's like there I see the real value in getting him the the – the opportunity to get out there and get that. I mean, like those kids in Carolina we saw last year, you know, for the first half of the season, that secondary was atrocious. But they had rookies playing, and then these kids started to get better, and you start to see them improve, and I guarantee you that this season they will be a lot better than they would have been if they had not gotten that experience last year, especially at that position. So I'm with you just from a developmental standpoint and a competition who he's competing against. I, I think I agree that I would be disappointed if he's not starting day one. Yeah, and I'm always a big proponent of that. I don't think there's any reason to sit somebody who clearly has better ability than probably. Yeah, like, I, I would, you, you would agree, Roswell Douglas has a better ability athletically than Jalen Mills? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I would say so. Yeah, for the most part. I think, you know, Jalen's speed is a concern. That's somewhat of a concern with Douglas. He's not like, you know, uh, the fastest corner out there, but, uh, I think the way uh, he makes plays on the ball, and we, and that's something we have seen not only in college but in OTAs too. He's really active. I think the Eagles like that. With me, it always comes back to I just want to make sure you know the players earn it. I don't want to just give it to them. Um, I think it could be a situation where Douglas might not necessarily be starting, but I think you know you look at what the Eagles did last year with the Otis McKelvin and Jalen uh. Mills, and there was kind of a timeshare there. It was like a platoon. I think we could see something more mm -hmm. like that. And I think Douglas will eventually kind of take over the playing time. And hopefully they don't, they don't play Sidney Jones at all. So um, I think that's what, how it could work out. Yeah, and I, I like anything in life, whether it's what we're doing right now, whether it's any job you have, reps are huge. The opportunity to get out there and actually do it and understand like, oh, look at what he just did. Look at that what that, that move the receiver put on me. I've never seen that before. And, and actually seeing it and reacting to it. Is, is there is no better way to teach a guy long term, and if he either has or he doesn't, he'll either be able to make it in the league or not. But I think there's no way to find out and develop him quickly than to just throw him out there. Yeah, and that's how I and, and there's a, see there's a little bit of that with me with Mac Collins too. Sure, because I think that the I think he's capable. Uh, who, who knows what the type of scope? Yep. I, you know, I don't know how. How, how big that range is, but if he's not an active day wide receiver, I think that would also probably be well the special teams thing. Yeah. You know, not to make too big a deal of it, right. but I think that's really going to help him be on the active roster because if he can contribute there, like you know, how many times have we talk about with Nelson Aguilar and the fact that he sure. could, I think to Matt Collins, I think it's very likely he's going to be active uh, on a on a consistent basis just because of that. BLG, what's his role in this first year for you? Like, where do you Matt see Collins him fitting now? in the best? Just on the offensive side of the ball, right. I think. You know, we could see him as a gunner, the special teams, all that stuff. But where do you see him on the offense? It's a really good question. I think it's, it has to be a rotational role. I mean, he's not starting, obviously. You have Tori, I think, on the outside. I think you have Alshon on the outside. And 
and Jordan Matthews, if he's here, and that's the whole thing. If Jordan Matthews gets traded, that opens up more playing time for Matt Collins, even if it's not necessarily him being in the slot, you know, however the Eagles shifted around there. So I think, I guess he's probably, hmm, it's tough. I think, I think he's what, the fourth? It's, he's either fourth or fifth, because if you have those three guys, meaning uh, Jeffrey and Smith and Matthews, then I'm like, I think Aguilar is ahead of him. Yeah. Which is, because he's probably going to be on the team you know, because of the contract and everything. So you have to consider that the special teams thing will keep Matt Collins active, but will you have a big playing role? I don't think so. And honestly, you don't need to because Matt Collins isn't a volume player. We talked about this right. last week. He's not a guy you're throwing to like a bunch of times a game. He's a big play guy. You know, he's, he has that role that he fills. So I think that's what you're looking for out of him. Kind of just to rotate in here every once in a while and be a big play guy. See, I, th- I envision... Certain and uh, you know just to dwell back into Eagles fandom here for a moment, I see a lot of red zone oh, packages <laughs> uh, where how about that though? Yeah. Just between Blunt, Jeffrey, all these guys. I mean, it's like one eighty in terms yeah. of your ability to in short yardage to compete is really max. You know, maximized big time by the moves they made. Yeah, uh, where I think he could, they could probably win the most. And it is, I mean, granted, this is a very situational thing I'm about to say here, but again, third down. About five to go, you know, for a touchdown. And I think you have Jordan Matthews on one side. You have Jeffrey on the other. Matt Collins uh-huh. there in that three wide receiver set yes. in the slot where you can kind of do some funky things. And then you forget about Zach Hurts. And, and again, or Darren Sproles is shooting out of the backfield. Something, blunt, something like that. of blunt there. That wow. Too. Yeah, That's so fun. I, I think, I think in, a, in a role like that, as we've seen. Now, at OTAs, I know it's against there, but ooh, made some pretty... F- Awesome, fun catches. Like there was a there was an overthrow from Wentz and a little tip and a bop and a boog and then held it down. And yes, he did drag his feet uh, more than once, which I was you know again very impressed by because I haven't seen that in three years. Awareness, <laughs> awareness of where he's at and doing a lot of different things there. So uh, I, I yeah, I'm starting to come around on where he could fit in this offense, and I think he's got a nice reliable pair of hands. I also think. Switching out between Jordan Matthews, I you know I don't know if he's going to be destined as a slot guy his entire NFL career, but he is definitely a guy that can play both, and it will be interesting where they use him uh, coming up soon. Please get into pads as we will have more to talk about when they do, and uh, keep it locked in right here. It's BGN Radio on Sports Radio ninety four WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio ninety four WIP. BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Of course, if you always want to keep the conversation going, go to bleedinggreennation.com, bgnradio.com, and you can be a producer of this show as well if you want to be. Plus, get some bonus content on our Patreon page, BGN Radio, or excuse me, patreon.com slash BGN Radio. And one of our producers through Patreon, Chad Weckert, also just tweets out, wouldn't mind getting Macklin back. If we could afford him, but just remember, he walked out on us. <laughs> Never forget. Just it's an important True. point there. Left he's the, at the altar. He's really. the one that left for more money at the altar. Like we were, it was like yeah. there. Yeah. It was go time. And he's like, eh. yeah, how bad must have been? I don't feel good about this. I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm not ready to make this type of commitment. Must have been uh, what? You know, two million dollars worse to play for Chip Kelly. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. hard to argue. It's with part that. part of that. So let's go to uh, Nick in the Fort Worth. Nick, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, guys. Good. How y'all doing? Good, man. How are you? 
Good. Just wanted to say a big fan of the show. Been listening to it for a while. If I can't listen to it, I'm always on uh, BGN catching it on SoundCloud afterwards. Appreciate Thanks, that, buddy. Thanks, man. How is it in Fort Worth today, by the way? Uh, it's rainy and uh, lots of Dallas Cowboys fans, so that always sucks. I'm very nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I always wonder, like, how often do you, uh, I mean, do you try and pull pranks on some of those folks? Do you try and troll some guys down there? I mean, you know, I usually just keep the banter going back and forth, try and keep it lighthearted. They take it way too serious. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're the real fans. They're the, they're the casual fans. So Exactly. That is damn right. They're also <laughs> Lakers and Yankees fans. That's too, right. In case That's right. And Duke yeah. and Kentucky at all at the same time. So it's amazing. Nick, what's right. on your mind uh, today regarding Macklin? Uh, well, I was just going to touch on why I'm an Eagles fan. I love that post on the, on BGN and uh, um, kind of weird how I became an Eagles fan. I was a, a third grader, man, and I was uh, living in Colorado. I had a bunch of friends. They were all Broncos fans, and I ended up getting a uh, in one of the top starter packs, one of the foil cards of Randall Cunningham. Oh, man, and that, yes. sealed the deal. <laughs> that sealed the deal. So I've been an Eagles fan since 86. I've never lived in Philly, not from Philly, but uh, I usually make a game at least once a year, and and oddly enough, I'm going to the Chiefs-Eagles game this year. Oh, so, man, man. Awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kind of close. I want to see Macklin, but uh, touching on Macklin, you know, we all remember him and Jackson together, so he probably holds a special play, uh, place in a lot of our hearts. But I don't really think I want him back just because I think that kind of sends a, a, the wrong message to these new guys that we've brought in uh, that, you know, maybe we don't have the confidence in them that we want them to have. Uh, so I'd rather stick with the core we have and build that and get their confidence up to where it needs to be. Yeah, Nick, and it's a great call, man. And that's I guess that was part of the reason of what I was alluding to. If you drafted these two guys to be, I don't know, I, I guess core pieces, or at least to be a, a part of this football team, and then the, and before they even touch the field, to go, hold on, hold on, hold on, Jeremy Maglin. You know, it's just kind of like I, I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 don't th I don't think it plays. Picks, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it plays a, a humongous thing, but still. You know, in the uh, in the confidence of of building those guys up, you might as well get some playing time, just like we were talking about uh, with Zul Douglas. Let's go to Kevin in Delaware. Kevin, what's going on today, buddy? How are you? Fellas, doing great. Sucker, baby, you're doing a great job, brother. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for calling. You got. Hey, look, as a, as a opposing defensive coordinator, if I got a lineup between Alshon Jeffrey and Tory Smith and whoever in the middle, I'm yawning. I'm falling asleep. But if I got a great <laughs> Alshon Jeffrey and Jeremy Macklin, I'm wide awake. The guy Nick said about bringing in these young guys and, you know, pulling back their development. If you, can, you put in Torrey Tory Smith, if you can get rid of Torrey Smith for $500,000 and say, Torrey, thank you, sorry it didn't work out, mm -hmm. you bring a chip Macklin, you get Macklin on a multiple-year contract because Alshon's on a one-year contract, you've got two proven veterans and if all sides decide to leave after next year, then you get another proven veteran on your Oof. on your roster. Kev, I don't know, decide. man. Oof. The, it's, the, I was I was kind of with you until you said multiple year deal for Macklin, and just I don't know. Well, you, I, you, you you may have to do a two or three year deal with him because he's a veteran. All sides did a one year deal, but you're not going to stunt these other guys' growth. You're actually going to bring in two guys who are who are, who are proven guys to coach to show these guys how to play. I think we would be stupid at least not to try it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, that's what if if the money's right, if these, I, you know, if it's a one year deal, and there is some. Listen, I, I will say this: guy. one year deals are the new thing. Yeah, and that's if that's. I, I will say that with the veterans that are in there, because of the mentality of Alshon, which I think I, I like more than you know, even his physical skill set, and the same with Tory Smith on how he's 
basically teaching these kids how to bring, you know, become a wide receiver. I, right. I think Macklin does have value in in doing that. Where it's 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 silly to say, but like, you know, it's their job. It's what you're supposed to do, and these guys don't know how to do that yet. Right. So you're going to have two veterans on your squad either way. Whether you keep Smith or you bring in Macklin, you're still going to have two veterans there. But if you can get Macklin back, you already know what he can do. Tory Smith doesn't scare anybody in the NFL. All he is is a burner, and he's not really good at burning. Well, anymore. I see. It, so, it, it, yeah, and you're right, Kevin. But, you know, I, I remember a time when burning people downfield, even if you don't complete a pass, uh-uh. still opens up the offense. So I, I'm not saying Kevin is saying that because he might have a different. Right. But there's a lot of people that think that way. So I think there is some value to 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 that. But, you know. Yeah, I and I do look. I, I think I, we had a caller make the point before that that the fact that Macklin did play with Peterson in Kansas City, played here, like he knows the route tree. I think there is an advantage to that it's not just a oh let's bring that guy in, but he doesn't fit or anything. I mean, Macklin's a quick study in terms of being able to just come in and fit right in. So I, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of legitimacy to it. I think what Brandon brought up before the bigger issue is I, I think monetarily, I just think there are going to be other teams who want him more. Uh, real quick, we'll go to uh, Barry. Barry, what's going on, buddy? Hey, uh, quick thing here. Um, my my opinion is it's like, okay, Jeremy got cut for for money, so give him like three million dollars, and like give him incentives all over the place. And if he wants to come, he wants to come. And if he doesn't, then he doesn't. But um, like the other caller just said, for him to help like the younger guys and stuff like that, would that be helpful or not? Oh yeah, I I, I think it would be better. That's what we were saying. Yeah, I think, he's a I think great it definitely guy. I don't think from a locker room, anything like that, there's no downside to yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in and listening once again. Uh, James is going to stick with us with uh, leading off, but uh, final thoughts. There yes, first, and my final thought is I have a beef with the Oxford Dictionary. <laughs> I, am, I am angry because, in case you guys hadn't noticed, the word stand has now been added to the Oxford Dictionary, both a verb and a noun denoting an overzealous or obsessive fan of a particular celebrity. My Mm. beef is they are giving credit to Eminem for his song, Stan, when this man right here, John Barcher, should be getting the credit for Stan being a part of the general vernacular and dictionary. So I think this is an outrage. Wow. You're saying that. Why Why do I deserve credit? You know, I think you've popularized the stand okay. thing with the Bradford, the Bradford and all standing. that. I think that you have, right. you have done more for Stan yeah, than Eminem ever Thank you. Did. Thank you. Yeah, I'll take it. Right. Yeah, man, Oxford, uh, Vince Quinn, <laughs> your final thoughts, my friend. All right. Well, the NFL is going to allow commercials from liquor companies this year. Hey. And that tells you something in terms of. Means we're uh, going to see a lot of fireball. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we are. But I think last year really scared the pants off the league with the ratings, and you're going to see the celebrations changed, and now they're taking liquor money because they're going to... Bud Bowl coming back! Bud Bowl coming back! Bud Bowl, Bud Bowl, Bud Bowl! BLG, your final thoughts, Bell. Two quick things. One thing is Eagles-related. For as much as we talk crap about Torrey Smith, and he's had some bad years, still second among active NFL players in yards per reception. Like, you know, it's not like just some bum off the street. Like, yeah. That's not bad. Um... Uh, first, by the way, is Deshaun Jackson. So <laughs> that's my Eagles point. And my non-Eagles point is pepperoni pizza is the best pizza topping. Wow. It, I, I can't disagree. I, I got no argument there. I can't disagree. Sure. There's nothing wrong with the pepperoni pizza yep. at all. So uh, I will say, hey, uh, white guys, uh, the N-word, don't think about it. And don't say it on television. <laughs> and you don't get in trouble. So that's going to do it for me. For John Barchard. 
from Mr. Brandon Lee Gowton, of course, James Seltzer, and Vince Quinn doing a fantastic job behind the glass as always. This has been BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP.